What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and you guys are listening to episode 447, and I'm really excited about this episode. Uh, my guest today is uh, not only a very funny stand-up comedian, you may recognize her from MTV, and uh, she took part in the new uh, upcoming Judd Apatow, Pete Davidson movie, which I took part in, uh, King of Staten Island. Uh, the one and only Carly Aquilino. I love saying an Italian name on the podcast. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to, I'm excited to do this. No, I'm excited to have you on, on my show. Um, you know, we were talking earlier before this started. I like having people on that I know that I've kind of met and spoke to in clubs. And, and we were talking before how, like, sometimes you could come across somebody um, either through a, another friend, a mutual friend, or, you know, maybe you ran into them once and they think you're best friends. Right. Um, you know, and, and they're like, do my podcast or whatever. And then it, you have that moment of, like, weirdness. And then you almost have to become friends on the show. I didn't want to do that. Right. Um, I ran, I ran into you a couple times, New York comedy club, and, uh, we have some, some mutual friends and, um, you are Sicilian like I am. Yes. Yes. And I want to get into that because Aquilino is, I mean, <laughs> that is that, I, mean I thought Verzi was, was really, you know, Italian, but Aquilino is what, so you are, both of your parents are 100% Sicilian. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I always wor I always not worry, but I always wonder if there's other stuff mixed in like along the lines, you right. know? Cuz yeah. I think that that's pretty common with people from Italy, people from Sicily. I think that it's like everybody's a little mixed with something. So I always wonder what it could be, but I don't want to do the um 23 and me because I don't want to be sending my DNA to some random lab. You know what I'm saying? I don't trust it. That might be like the Italian in me. Like, I don't trust these people. Who are they? And I bet you somewhere in there, you're probably like me where you're, a, where you're scared. You're going to find out you're something you don't like. <laughs> like. Like, I've been happy knowing. I've been happy. Not that you don't like, but you know what I mean? Like, I've been happy knowing that my mother is 100% Greek. And my father is 100% Sicilian. Cool, cool. That's, that's what I am. I'm half Greek. I'm half Sicilian. And I'm good with that. So if something got thrown in the loop right now, like if something just, I don't, I don't want to deal with yeah, it. Yeah, it's like an identity crisis. It's like I've been telling. <laughs> and then you feel like an asshole, too. Yeah. You're like, I've been telling people I'm this. Yes. And I'm really not. Yeah. So I feel like Greek and Italian is a good mix, too, because they're very similar. Yes, they are. They are very similar. They're like um, similar cultures, you yes. know. Yeah. Now, have you been to Sicily? I've never been to Sicily, no. I went to Italy last year, but I never went to Sicily. Me too. I went to Italy twice, never never been to Sicily. I feel like Sicily is its own trip. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah. I want to do that. I want to actually take my family, my wife and kids to Greece and Sicily, where I'm from. We were going to do that this year, and then this thing happened. Mm -hmm. um, are you freaking out with this thing as far as like wanting to get out, or are you enjoying it? Um, I'm like mixed. I miss doing simple things more than I miss. Like, I'm not like, oh, I wish I, of course I wish I could be like going on vacation and stuff like that. But I'm really starting. I think the longer that it goes on, the more I'm missing just simple stuff, going for a walk without a mask on number yeah. one. Cause I can't breathe with the fucking masks, masks <laughs> on. And yeah. there I'm like, oh my God, I feel so claustrophobic. I wish I could just be out and breathe fresh air. Right. <laughs> like just the most simple things I'm missing. I miss like going for a walk, going to a coffee shop, going into a store and not having this like constant anxiety. Cause I'm in Brooklyn. It's like, there's people around, you know? So I'm always like, get, oh, you need to get away from me. If I'm like waiting to cross the street, <laughs> you know, yeah. I have no space to like, just be out. In enjoying my time. I just go out and come right back. No, I'm like that too. There was this place I went to get my breakfast and my, my, either my iced tea or my coffee and read the paper and the sports page. And just doing that alone was like my thing. Yeah. My peace. And, and then not being able to do that. Um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about on the show and, and a reason why I wanted you on the show is because you did something that I, I really, um, respect and few people, few people, I think in comedy do this. Um, you got popular on um, when you first started doing stand-up. I remember seeing you, I want to say it might have been the old stand, but I remember right, right. a long time, and you were probably not even a year in, yeah. and you were on MTV, 
and you had the red hair, right? Red? Was it? Yeah, bright red. Yeah. The bright red hair, and you were doing uh, girl code or guy code or girl code. Yeah. Girl code, and you started to sell tickets, and it's it's a very hard thing to start to sell tickets and do a job like stand up, which is hard, and sustain what like the expectations of stand up when you first get in with the popularity you were getting and the lack of experience in stand up. Right. And you could have just either not kept going or, and, but I noticed, and, and I remember talking to people that you kept doing shows and you kept writing and you kept doing standup yeah. as you were, as you were doing that. And, and that's amazing. That's to me is dope. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That was like, um, a really interesting, kind of like a unique way to get into standup because everybody else's story is like reversed, right? right. You no, start off. Right. Yeah, you go up, but I had started out and I just lucked out and they were casting for this show. I got on it and it ended up being really popular. So I had been doing stand up, but not even like for like maybe six, eight months before I had gotten casted on the show. So by the time the show came out, I'm a year in. I wasn't like a seasoned, you know, comic. So I had a good like five eight minutes you know a solid one that worked and that was what I did in the clubs and then I would throw new ones in cut some stuff out and like try and do that but like then I had started going on the road and it's hard going on the road (laughs) when you have like eight minutes you know that's exactly so it like forced me to like write a lot and, and quickly and try and make it work so that I had enough time to like fill out my time Right. And th- that's exactly what I'm saying. Like that could be overwhelming to people where it's like you, the crowd was there when you weren't really ready stand up wise. Right. And you were like, well, I'm going to get fucking ready. Yeah. And, you know, and like you said, like forced to write. Um, you know, I remember the first time I was featured and they were like, do you have 25 minutes? This is like a long, this is like early two thousands. And I was, I didn't, but I was like, yeah, you know? Oh, that's the worst feeling. Oh my God. Even thinking about that w- freaks me out. Yeah. They were like, do you have 25 <laughs> minutes? And I probably only had like, like 18 to 20 good. And I'm like, but I'll fill seven minutes. However I have to. Yeah. You know, because I have to, this is what I'm working for. I want to go on. But like, that's, you were going into a packed club of these people that saw you on MTV and did that. And I think like, I've heard about like comedians that have gone on last comic standing or they've been on a show very early, six months, a year doing stand up. Now right. the club gets full. And I've even heard of like owners and bookers go, yeah, after 15 minutes, it was a little, it got, yeah. you know, like, and, rough, you know, yeah. it, got, it got a little rough. And now what? Now you're 10 years in. Yeah. Yeah. You're 10 years Just in. About. I think it's going to be 10 years. Yeah. This October. Wow. Yeah. So you, you stuck, yeah. it, you did all that stuff. And, um, and that's, and I see you in the club still trying to, you know, it's really cool to see that because a lot of people would have just been like, ah, I got money, I got fame. And then just went on and tried to become a YouTube, you know, right. Right. Or shit like that. And you were like, but you love stand up. Yeah. I love doing stand up. I'm, I'm lucky that I got to have that experience in the beginning because it did kind of just like teach me how to, better at it, you know? So I was really lucky that I had that experience too. It, it definitely was, um, oh wait, can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, okay. Cause I just got a notification. I'm like, just making sure. Um, it definitely was scary, but it was worth it for sure. And I love doing standup. I wouldn't want to be like a YouTuber or anything like that. Although I think that they make so much money, it's crazy. There's like a 10-year-old that makes like $60 million. <laughs> Speak to that. This is, this is, it's so funny because I actually think one of the conversations that I had with you was literally like a, um, was at outside of New York Comedy Club um, where I was like, I didn't want to even, people always joke with me and shit, not shit on me, but like I'm just bad with the online thing because I just find it crazy that somebody would give a shit of me eating a bowl of soup and put it on Instagram. Right. I always had that, but a compliment that I w- would get sometimes, and I'm, I'm not saying this to, to pat myself on the back, but people would be like, your standup is way, people would say your standup is way above your social media presence. And I'm like, yeah, because I was on Facebook and then Twitter, <laughs> I, Twitter I resisted. 
you know, Twitter, I resisted. And then finally I went to Twitter and then they're like, you got to do Instagram. And I'm like, no, I'm not right. sticking to Facebook and Twitter. Now I got the Instagram that I've been like taking seriously for like whatever, a year and a half or whatever. And, um, yesterday, my son, you're going to get a kick out of this. You're going to get a kick. My son is, my son is going to be, um, 11 in two weeks. Okay. My son's on the phone with his 11 year old buddy <laughs> yesterday and he's got a TikTok account, my, my son's buddy. <laughs> and he says, Lucas, you got to get a, he says to my son, Lucas, you're going to get a TikTok account. And uh, he's like, I don't know. Can I? And my wife goes, we'll see. And then uh, my son goes, dad, do you have a TikTok account? And I go, no. And then his buddy goes, his buddy goes, your dad's on here. And I go, no, I'm not. No, your dad's on here. And he's got 600 thousand likes oh my god 2.1 million um views on a on a stand-up clip and i go what what so so on may 4th comedy central on their stand-up tiktok they put my um star wars lightsaber joke with my daughter on the because oh that's so cool so i found out yesterday because of an 11 year old That I had 2.1 viral, yeah, (laughs) went viral, and it has like the most. It's in the top five of every comedian in the world on there, and I had zero idea, and found out from my son's 11 year old friend. So now I'm gonna get a TikTok account. (laughs) Yeah, you got it now. I gotta get a TikTok account. (laughs) So I went from like fighting it to now I'm like, you know what? Like it, and and we do live in a world where it's not just stand up. Like I always cared about getting better at stand up. Right, of course. I wanted each hour to be better, and I just cared about my performance. But I realized, unfortunately, there's so much more to it than than that. And now I'm kind of like, so I'm gonna have TikTok. I'll do any fucking thing now. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever. Like I, you've I, changed I, now. Now that you know you got so many views, you're like, I'm a different type of guy now. So I'm gonna be direct messaging eleven year olds. Like I don't <laughs> give a fuck. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in. Um, that's so funny yeah I've been avoiding TikTok like the plague and I'm trying so hard not to have one but I know it's inevitable like I was doing I was talking to Nico yesterday and I'm like I don't have a TikTok yet but if you give me another couple weeks I'll probably be on there you know and I found out it's literally like I think they said it's the most downloaded app in the world yeah like it's, it's just huge and it's blowing up and I'm like, and, and I already have a viral thing on there. So why would I have to now? Yeah, you have to, you have to. Yeah. TikTok is like, do you remember Vine when Vine got really popular and people started getting like legit famous and off rich, of it right? and rich? Yeah. <laughs> and then Vine shut down and then it was like, uh, this music one. And now it's TikTok is like the thing. I think TikTok is going to last longer than those other ones though. TikTok, I think, I, I mean, I heard rumors that TikTok might even do try to get into like comment. Like I heard it's tr- going to really go. Yeah. To, I think it's still 60 second clips or whatever, but it's, it's going to blow up, I think even more than it is. So I'm, 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 this is the first one I'm not going late to. Yeah, that's good. That's but, good. You'll be on there before me. I told my son to thank his 11 year old friend for helping my career. <laughs> I've been doing it like I have managers and I have a manager an agent and all this and I was like yo you got to tell James yeah call James's I'm gonna call James's mom and say I'm gonna cut him a check for commission because he's doing my PR now oh it's hilarious (laughs) um I want to talk to you about King of Staten Island because um I got a glimpse of your of your scene unfortunately uh, my scene, I had a kind of a big scene where it was just me and Judd and it got cut out because they took a piece that Pete did out Oh, I gotcha. Mine mine wouldn't have made sense, but mine was, it was, it was pretty cool and intense. Um, But I guess there's a, Pete said that there's kind of something with me uh, towards the end that I'm really not supposed to talk about, but I saw your thing. (laughs) And uh, I just think like, I don't know how you felt about this, but people were asking me, can you talk about it more? And I don't know how your thing was with Judd, but to me, the most I've never I felt like I was shooting something with my friend or family member in my backyard right yep yep 100% that's what I keep saying I'm like it was the best case scenario for me for like my first big thing because I've never done a movie before I've never done anything close to it so I was like so nervous going in and then you meet him and you're like oh my god so you're the nicest coolest guy ever cool (laughs) yeah like is this a joke I I got one even better. I'm driving to the set. I'm driving to the trailers. 
and I had my script, I had my lines for like three months and I got it ready. And like you said, I've done, you know, I've done sketches, I've done funnier dies. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Did an independent movie, but never like, this is the first like universal, like, and I'm driving there and I just get a text hour before I get to the trailer, the night I'm going to shoot. And Pete goes, yeah, scratch those lines. We're going to rewrite it. And, and I'm, oh my like, God, I'm like, yeah. I'm going, and I'm going, what? And they were like, no, don't worry. Like, we'll just, it's loose. And I'm going like, <laughs> I don't know the guy, like loose. Like they know? did that to me like, too. This guy made fucking I shit Anchorman. my pants. Yeah. Like this guy made Anchorman. I'm nervous. And um, <laughs> couldn't have been cool. And was like, all right, listen, do it like five ways this way. But then, you know, do your own thing. And then, and then he'll just come over. All right, I like that to So nice. So cool. And I yeah. was just like, that's why he makes successful movies because when you make your talent relaxed like that and let them, you get the best out of your talent. Right, because you get the organic funny. They, yeah, they're, they're loose, and then they're going to do what they do instead of being, like, restricted because of nerves. So um, I thought it was uh, amazing. Have you seen the movie or no, from top I to I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. They did um, – I forget when it was. It was, like, a few months ago. There was, like, a screener for it. Mm. And – it was a small, like in like the small, like Dolby theater. And I went, I'm glad that I went to that too. Cause I got to see it like in a, th that's the only time I'm ever going to be able to see it in a theater, you know? know, which is unfortunate. So, yeah. Yeah. But, um, it was, it's really good. It's yeah. really, really, it's a special movie and it's not even, I'm not even just saying that cause yeah, it's yeah. my friends and cause I'm in it. It's a really, really special movie. I have a feeling that it's going to resonate with a lot of people, you know? Yeah, I think Judd has a really good, Judd has a really amazing way to combine funny with deep emotion. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he's done it with even like Knocked Up and movies like that. You just kind of get that feeling, um, even though it's uh, hilarious too. But he was, it was nerve wracking. But then to find out that that's his process was dope. Right, that's what, I, the same exact thing happened to me. I had gone to my acting coach to go over the lines, like, and I had them down and then I get there and they're like, yeah, don't, I mean, we're just going to have fun. And I was like, okay, that's not fun for me. Like I prepared, you know what I'm saying? Like this is a major motion. Picture. Like, yeah, I can't have fun just going on the fly right now. I'm free. I'm shitting my pants, you know? And then I met Judd and I, and it was just so nice to be with Ricky who I've known for a million years with Pete, who I've known for a million years. And it's just, it felt so natural that I was like, Oh, okay. This is why we could do it this way. Right. You know? yeah, yeah. Once you got there and you felt that way, but on your way, you're nervous because it's of like course, of course, you're nervous because you're like, well, what if I just black out? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, used to feel, <laughs> I used to feel like that with stand up, where when I was so nervous, I'd be like, what if I got on stage like when I first started? And I was like, and I just don't know what to say. Oh my god, that's always been my biggest fear, and something like that happened to me once, and it was like recently. Like I was on stage, I forget what club I was at. I was on the road somewhere, maybe in Texas or something. And I was up on stage for like 20 minutes. It was also like Sunday. So I had been there since Thursday. I had done the set, you know, and I'm in the middle of my set. And I'm just like, what the fuck was I saying? Like I lost my spot. And you were you smoking weed or no, never. I've never smoked weed before I go on stage. Cause I'll collapse. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not cool. Like no. I can't be cool about it. No, me neither. Um, but I think what it was, was I was, I lost my spot. And then I was like, did I already say this joke I'm about to say? I had like a weird brain, like glitch, you yeah. know? Yeah. Wow. That's, that's my nightmare is also repeating the same joke twice <laughs> in the same set. Like it's the first time you're saying it. You know, <laughs> what one thing I had <laughs> happened to me was um, I remember I was like literally like my first few times and I was I was doing well. And I see these girls whispering and laughing while I'm on stage and I'm going like, what the fuck? Because it was like at a weird time. Right. And, going, and then I'm just like, then they're like, then they start writing something down or whatever. And I'm going like, what? Oh my God. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then I'm like, then in my mind, like I was like literally 21, 22 at the time. And I'm like, oh, they like me, you know, like I'm just, right. you know. and then <laughs> she handed it to me, <laughs> said, no. your zipper, said your zippers down. 
And I fucking, I swear to God, I was like, oh shit. And I just put my zipper up. So now, like I almost have, you know, now I just always make sure. And sometimes I'll be on stage, whether it's a big venue or a small one. And like, I'll just kind of make my hand, like, like find a way to hide it, like under the bottom of my shirt to make sure that the top of the zipper is up there. Because that's the one thing, like, I don't really care about shoelaces. Like if a shoelace, I've had a shoelace come undone and I'll right. just, I'll just tuck it in. But the zipper is. Yeah. Is, the zipper is embarrassing. The zipper is a bad <laughs> one because if your shirt doesn't come over, which, you know, usually it doesn't, it's. Right. It's also like your whole wiener could pop out too, because guys have holes in their boxers. That's, so yeah, like, I, mean, I wear the briefs, so that wouldn't happen with me. Oh, okay. Okay. But, but still, yeah, it's just a weird, like, it, and plus like, if I'm in like the middle of a joke I love or a story <laughs> and people are just like, yo, his, his, you know, so. So, so embarrassing. Time I ever let that, like, I won't, I won't ever let that happen. And uh, other than that, uh, a full-fledged anxiety attack on stage at a body experience. Oh, no. Yeah, while I was killing. And I remember seeing this table laughing hysterically. And I was in the deep. It was when I went through a whole depression in, in 2016. And um, I, was, I remember the joke was killing. And I, I, I see now, even as I'm telling you, their faces and they're holding a drink. And I was like next to myself. I was a complete- so wild. Yeah. You ever go into a joke and you're thinking about something completely else? Yes. Right? Like, you're, it's like you're almost on autopilot with, with that joke. Right. You're like, you're, you're talking and it's doing well, but in your head, you're like, what am I even saying? Because I don't know. Yeah. Like, no. I, I know I'm doing my joke, but I didn't. It's just like it's happening and you're not even really thinking about it. Yeah, like, uh, because I think what happens is that's when you get really comfortable and good. Because what happens is your brain is able to know in that moment, all right, I kind of know this joke. Yeah, so yeah. I'm on, I'm on autopilot here, but should I do the next one? Or maybe I should talk about that story. And right. Your mind is there. Um, did you feel a turn in your stand up? Because they say, they say 10 years. Okay, for me, I think around 10, 10 and a half years was when I was really like the, the, the funny me off stage on stage when right. I became me, me, like really like, you know, we all have maybe a little exaggerated versions of ourselves. Um, right. But I'm talking about like, I'm going to say the things the way that I would say it. I'm going to talk about really what I think about that happened for like, so now you're almost, you're at that point now or 10 where it's like, did, do you, did you find that? Yeah, I definitely, um, I remember feeling way more comfortable on stage. It took years and years. Um, but in the beginning I was so scared to be on stage. Like I would be telling a joke and I would see my hand shaking. Like I would look at the microphone and it would be like shaking. <laughs> it's the worst. Also being the nervous comedian is the worst because everybody knows you're nervous. So I was just really green for a while. You know, it took me a while to feel comfortable. And then I would kind of like, I, I got more and more comfortable as time went on. And it, I would say in the last few years, I felt very, um, like I'll say things that, like you're, like you just said, like, I'll say things the way I would say them in conversation. And yeah. I feel like it just feels more organic that way. It feels more real that way. Cause it's not the same thing. Bum, bum, bum. Every single time you're kind of switching it up. And that's also like, I found myself getting more tags to jokes mm -hmm. because I was yeah. kind of just going off and, and saying something silly and, and, you know, saying something else about it. So I, I definitely have felt uh, a few transitions throughout the whole thing. Yeah. It's, it's like you feel, you could feel the learning curve. You could feel that you turned a corner. Right. Cause I used to like go on stage and want to die beforehand because I would just be like, I'm so nervous. I'm going to forget everything. I'm going to pee my pants. Yeah, that yeah. used to happen when I first started. I never, I would always think I was going to pee my pants on stage. Like I had the fears of an eight year old. <laughs> I would be like, oh, how much time do I have? I got to run to the bathroom. And I would make sure that I peed before I went to the bathroom as if I've ever just pissed my pants out of nowhere. 
<laughs> like uh, as if that fucking hilarious. How funny would it be if that was a thing that you did <laughs> when you got scared? Like I don't know what I would do if I just saw a comic up there just completely freeze and literally piss their jeans and like just and see it. I would be like, dude, you can't. Oh my god, that is so funny to have. No, but I knew. Um, I knew some great comedians going like I had to tie my shoelaces so tight to where there was no circulation because I was afraid they were going to come undone. Yeah. It's just yeah. stuff in our head. Like even, even the blackout, like I'm going to forget everything. Even that's really unrealistic, but you were an adult. You're not going to piss yourself, but in your mind, that's right. how scared you were in that moment. That's Cause it's like, worst case scenario i piss my pants i guess because it's also if you piss your pants one time on stage it's all anyone's ever gonna remember you don't have to do it like five times once is enough and everybody's like that's the girl who pissed her pants on stage you would know you rather, would you rather eat a dick for a 15 minute <laughs> set just eat a dick like a hard dick for for 15 minutes or have a decent set but like three quarters into it they knew you pissed yourself a little Like, like not, a lot, like, not a lot, but, like, just, like, a little. But they knew? Like, like, you had, like, out of the 15 minutes, you have, like, four minutes left, and they knew that a little piss came out, but you were, like, you were kind of killing. You were kind of killing. Or do you just, do you just eat a fucking ball sandwich for 15 minutes? <laughs> Could I talk about the fact that I pissed my pants while I was up there? Or no? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Because I feel like that would actually, that could work. Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. So yeah, I would, I would a hundred percent rather piss my pants. I think oh. if I could talk about it and be like, you guys, like, I don't know what's, <laughs> yeah, you could maneuver like, through it. Yeah. Like, I know you guys see that I just pissed my pants and I'm up here. Like, okay. You know, we're all human. So yeah. I feel like if I could talk about it, I would probably, what would you rather do? Oh man, that's tough. That's a tough one because to know, like, I don't know. Like, that's really, you know, like, I might just have to take the sandwich. I really? I don't know. That's tough. Because listen, if I'm up there and I just pissed my, like, they just saw <laughs> like, this much piss going on my jeans. It's so funny. An adult pissing their pants is so funny to me. Yeah, I, I think, uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's, I'm going to think about that. I might, it depends. If, if the, here's the thing. If I have gray jeans on, like gray. Right. Like, if you could see it. Right. If you could see it, it's embarrassing. Usually I wear, like, I would say black jeans or, like, a dark blue jean when I'm on stage. So, like, if I could get away with it looking like maybe, but if it was like, oh, dude, this dude just peed him, I'll take the dick sandwich for 15 minutes. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I got, because it's funny, and you know, that. like, now you're doing it 10 years, so it's like, I'm at the point now where if I do bomb, or a part of my set just goes really bad. I can I can take it now much. I can like halfway like on my ride right. home it's gone. Right, um, right. Where it used to be like two to four days of like you know what the like hurting. Right. Yeah, and you're like telling everyone about it. Yeah. And now I almost get defiant up there when I'm like when people aren't liking it, and I'll kind of turn it on them. Um, but yeah, so I would, yeah, I would probably not piss my pants on stage. <laughs> like that would just be a, like if I put myself on stage, I was like, you know, my kids are going to find out about that. Like, I can't. You would definitely go viral again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be the most popular video on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all of it. The comedian yeah. pisses his pants during, on, while on stage. Oh, forget it. Forget it. Um, I want to talk to you about, um, uh, dude, I'm laughing. This is funny, man. Um, <laughs> I love how I'm just like, I would do it. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I, no, you actually sounded, you go, if I piss my, can I talk about it? Which is, which is actually the right, right answer. Right. But, but I'm a hypochondriac. So if I piss myself on stage, I'd be like, is this something on my prostate? Like, right. I, right. I, you know, like, I would be like, how could that just happen? Like, um, <laughs> like now I want to go back to, I want to talk about your parents. Your parents are um, together or no? Yeah. Yeah. They're together. They've been together. I want to say 40, 40 years, maybe 41, 42. Now, are they like overly Italian? Like, is, is, or, or, or no. Cause usually there's one that would, I, what, from what I found is one will be like, have the pride and be like that or, but like, do you have that or no? 
I have both. I think both of them are, I think that they don't realize how Italian they are sometimes. Like I never had any other food aside from Italian food until I like moved out of my parents' house. Like I would, I, first of all, we never went out to eat or anything like that. Every once in a while we would go grab something but yeah. my mom cooked every night. And I remember being like, you know, going to friends' houses and they would get like different types of food. And I was like, mom, why don't we try other types of food? She's like, what do you mean? I don't understand. I was like, other food, other than Italian food. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's, I, I have no idea. Like what? I was like, I don't know any other type. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she like didn't, she couldn't fathom eating a different type of food. You so know, is it still like that? Does she still? Um, they've tried the, every once in a while. They'll like, I, I took my mom for sushi a couple times. They're not crazy about it, but they like Greek food now. Um, they definitely have tried Greek food, and that's it. I don't think they've tried. Yeah, I don't think they've tried like anything too crazy. Do you have siblings or no? Yeah, I have two older brothers. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So- you were the baby and like, was that that whole protection thing going on? Yeah. Yeah. And my parents were super protective of me too. Cause I was the youngest and I was the only girl. So they were used to yeah. having boys and I hated it because it was like, I wasn't allowed to do so much stuff that my brothers were allowed to do. And they would always be like, it's different. It's different. You don't understand, but it's different. And I couldn't, I couldn't like grasp that, you know? it pissed me off so much, but it was at the, looking back, my parents were a hundred percent right. Cause like yeah. my brother was in the same school as me. He's three years older than me. And every kid, cause I'm from long Island, every like kid in middle school, high school would go hang out. Well, I guess it was more high school would go hang out behind a Chuck E. Cheese, which is the most long Island, like trash place to hang out. I've ever heard. Yeah. After, your parents would drop you off at in the Chuck E. Cheese parking lot. You would go behind the Chuck E. Cheese and like drink beer, you know? Yeah. And my mom was always like, you can't, my mom would say, you could go, but I'm going to pick you up at seven o'clock at night, seven o'clock. <laughs> and she was like, the boys, the boys are going to take you into the woods. You can't, you can't go. The boys are going to take you into the woods. I was like, it's a parking lot, but okay. There's no woods. There's like a bush, you know? <laughs> That's like such a, yeah, such an Italian mom thing. Like thinking boys are going to take you into the woods that don't exist is very, yeah, they were protective. That's hilarious. My son is three years older than my daughter. Okay. Uh, My little girl just turned eight and like, I'm kind of glad that they're going to be in high school together for a little bit. Yeah. Cause Um, you'll know all the kids, you'll know their friends, you'll know like their friends, siblings and stuff like that. You kind of get to know the families that are, you know, in the school and, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know some uh, people that have siblings that are like seven, eight years apart and that you almost don't grow up together when it's like that. Right. Yeah. My oldest brother is nine years older than me. So him and I, he was like a grown up when I was a kid. So it was nice though. We, him and I always got along. We didn't have that like sibling yeah, because- bickering. Yeah, because you, it was, it was like, he was beyond, like he, you were young and he wanted to, yeah, it was a different right. world. He was a grown up, you know? So that was like a nice distance, but I think it was really helpful to have uh, my brother in the same school as me, my other brother. Um, because we, my mom kind of knew everybody and so like, so embarrassing. My mom worked in the school cafeteria no. When I was in middle school. So, no. you know, when you're a kid and your parents are so embarrassing, my mom was there every day. My mom was in my school during the only like fun period that you have, which is lunch. And she was like there, Paul. Like wow. she was there. Yep. Wow. And so, she knew everybody. And was she, would, would she try to make that less uncomfortable for you or? No, she was embarrassing. Oh, she was. She was, <laughs> she was watching you. She was watching me. She knew like the bad kids. Like she'd be like, I don't like that girl, Danielle. I don't like her. I see the way she comes to school, you know? So I couldn't like hide anything from my mom. I couldn't like sneak and like do anything. She She, knew the bad kids. Yeah. She knew all the bad kids. Yeah. The bad kids because she watched them. And then she, I could just see your mom, especially Sicilian Long Island. (laughs) Oh, she'll never be in my house. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, forget it. Yeah. Forget it. They were so, yeah. 
it was too much. But when I was in eighth grade, I was like, I'm going to the other cafeteria at least. Like, right. I can't sit and have lunch with you like we're home, you know? <laughs> I do this every fucking day over the summer. Let me have the school year not having lunch with you. That's actually really crazy <laughs> that your mom, you saw your mom every day at yeah. school and then at home. So there was, like, no escape yeah. at all. So now, did that make you, like, did that make you, were you a bad kid? Were you, like, a rebellious um, I not was, bad, you know I, I mean. was bad in school. I was not good in school at all. I had no, I didn't want to be there. I wasn't interested any, in anything. I had a hard time like learning stuff. I couldn't do math. I was bad at school. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was like, you know, it is what it is that there, I wasn't going to be like, Oh, let me try harder. Cause I felt like I just had a really tough time, but it was annoying because sometimes, you know, if you fail a test, they were like, your mom has to sign it. I would just be like, oh, my mom didn't sign it. The teacher would be like, okay, go to the cafeteria and show her right now. <laughs> so I would just ruin her day. Yeah. So, like yeah, in the so, middle of work. Yeah. So if you got in trouble in school, it, there was no like, I'm going <laughs> to go home and like steal the letter or. <laughs> right. No, couldn't hide anything. Couldn't hide anything from her. But um, yeah, I think it was, I was pretty quiet in middle school. When I was in high school, I became more like outgoing, I think. So I, it didn't really change too much. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah. So you weren't dating. It, was, it wasn't like you were walking the hallways in junior high with holding your boyfriend's hand and your mom is there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. She knew the first guy that I had a crush on too. She knew who he was. And she, and it was like my first like ever real crush. And yeah. she was friends with his mom. So embarrassing. It was uh, just too close. Everybody was too close. You yeah. Know? Did, um, was the stand up when you started stand up? Uh, was that something that you, cause you, you did, you said you went to the uh, MTV audition when you started standup, you had started standup first. Yeah. I started standup first. How old were you when you started standup? I was 20. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So my first open mic, I was, yeah, I was 21. So then you just were doing it not even a year. And then you got there. Was that something that you like, did you fall upon comedy just by like, I'm going to try it. Or was it always a, Thing. Yeah, I always wanted to do it. I always wanted to, I loved comedy and my parents loved watching comedy. Yeah. So I grew up like loving stand up, you know? And it was something that I would always want to try out. When I was in school, I would write stuff. I would write like almost like sketches kind of thing, like just silly yeah. conversations or funny like bits. Um, and I wanted to do that for a really long time, but I just didn't, I couldn't fathom it actually like going out and doing it. Cause I had, I was so afraid to go on stage, you know, my right. whole life. So I ended up, I was like a hairdresser. I was working in a hair salon. I ended up having to get surgery. Um, and then I couldn't do that anymore. Like I couldn't do hair anymore. So I was just a receptionist at the hair salon. And I was like, you know what? This is something I've always wanted to do. I just want to like give it a shot. And I had stuff prepared already. Cause I had been writing for a while. Um, and yeah, that was it. I did. I had like a five, you know, a five that I thought was good. And I started going out and going to do open mics and I did the class and, you know, all of that stuff. Now, did you start out at like in Levittown or did you, is that where? No, in the city, in the city. I moved to, I moved to Brooklyn. I moved out of my parents' house when I was like 18. Oh, okay. So I had already, I was working in the city and all of that stuff. Oh, okay. So you didn't start anything on Long Island. You just- no. No. You got out of Long Island. I was going to say, I don't think I ever would have gotten out. You would see me there at like 60 at just like governors. If you weren't doing stand-up, <laughs> you'd be dating some musclehead, gelled up, go to the gym, go to the gym, the guy with the same group of friends. Listen, oh, yeah. I'm not trying to shit on Long Island because I had family there for many, many years. But Long Island, let's be honest, it's its own, oh, yeah. it's, its own breed for sure. Oh, 100%. 100%. I think Long Island and and Jersey and Staten Island, they're kind of all grouped into the same thing. Like, I, I'm from Long Island, and people are always like, oh, yeah, you're from Jersey, right? Or you're from Staten Island, right? Yeah. It's all kind of grouped into the same thing. But if you're from one of those places, you know the difference, like, um, between the people, yes. you know? Yeah, my, my father would always, like, try to compare Jersey to Long Island. I'm like, no, Dad, it's not – it's not the same. He's like, no, it's a nightmare to get to and this and that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Long Island people say 
what's doing, right? Yeah, yeah. What, that's only, that's, I've never heard that off, right? Oh my God, that, that must be a Long Island thing. My, my dad always says, what's doing? What, what's doing? And I, I had an uncle and, and an aunt and uncle that lived there and I go, hey, what's doing? What's doing? And then there's a radio <laughs> show host that's from Long Island uh, on the fan. Uh, what's doing? And I'm going, that's just a Long Island thing. That's so funny. I never realized it was a Long Island thing because I just grew up hearing it all the time. Right. But when you're outside, you never hear what's doing. Yeah, you're right. Wow. That's so funny. That's such a thing my dad says. What's doing? Yeah. What's doing? I'll call my dad. He'll pick up the phone. He'll go, what's the matter? I'm like, first of all, nothing. I was just calling to say hi. He's like, all right, what's doing? Every, every time, every phone call. Uh, dude, that's so funny. Like I, when you were saying that Italian and Greek are similar, my mother would her version of a boy's going to take you in the woods to us would be like, we'd all be, we'd all be home. So my mom, uh, my mom got remarried. Okay. So my, me and my older brother, Christian are five years apart. Um, then my mother remarried. And then I have uh, a younger brother and a younger sister. One's nine years younger. One's 10 years younger. So there's four of us. And when we right. go to visit my mom, my mom is very, Greeks are very, neurotic very mm -hmm. like what can go wrong will and my mom would literally say shit like always a problem and if she saw something on the news always that that's oh yeah gonna happen. that's gonna happen the same way your mom is you know a boy's gonna take you in the woods even right with chuck e cheese so my mom would go all right guys i'm going to bed it'd be a blizzard out it would be snowing and my mom would every night every night all right guys i'm going to bed don't turn the gas on or open the windows. And it's like, I'm not like her. The fear of my mom's house burning down with all of us in it was still to this day. Don't turn the gas on. And it's wow. Like, yeah, that's honestly, that's like me. I do that. I can't tell you how many nights I'm laying in bed. I'm like, I got to check the oven and the stove oh, okay. all the time. Well, I'm always OCD like, no. do you have OCD or no? No, I don't think so. I think it's just like this weird fear. Yeah. that I have, or I'll be like, I'll think that my door's open, or I'll think that like, sometimes I'll be like, I can't find something. I'm like, somebody came in and stole it and left. My boyfriend's like, the mail? Like, <laughs> why would somebody come in and steal the mail? You yeah. know, but I, I'm always thinking worst case scenario. That's so, don't turn the gas yeah, on or open a window. And it would be like, uh, when my kids were born, my mom is an, an amazing grandmother. She really is. Like, oh, she, of course. Told me. She, like, she told me when my son was born, she looked at me once. I got to do a bit about this. She looked at me once and she goes, I, I never loved you like this. <laughs> so, like, she, she to my son, like, when my son was born and now we have a little girl. And it's like, she's just like, I listen, you're my son. I love you. But I've never felt, because the grandparents yeah. don't have the, the grandparent. you'll see, you'll see. But like. They the get the good stuff. That's it. That's how my parents are with my nephew. They're like, they, he's sometimes. There, he's a lot. He's a handful. And they're just like, ha ha ha. All right. So cute. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, when yeah. were you guys ever this cool and chill? Like <laughs> yeah. he's like kicking a ball at my mom's head and she's like, oh my God, he's so funny. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I would have gotten screamed at yeah. when I was a kid. But my mom's like, it's just different when you're a grandparent. It's a different it's a different type of love that she, my mom goes, this is why we have kids. So we could have them, the grandkids. That's right. That's right. No, that's like a goal. <laughs> that's like a goal. Yeah. Like, uh, my mother would always go, is he, is he cold? Put a jacket on him. Like she always, <laughs> and it would be like, summer. And she always worried about like a cold or like put it, is he warm? Like he's sweating. Like he's fucking sweating. Like he's fine. Uh, but, but she, but then you'd see where they get it from. Cause my grandmother used to be like, rest her soul. She, um, she passed away 99 years old. Wow. Greeks go, Greeks go. Yeah. And, um, and, and she would go, no, they can't walk with bare feet. They got to put socks. They're going to get, there was always some, cause they're going to what happened in the forties and fifties. Right. Right. Or in the old country. Right. So you could get an infection on your foot. Right. In 1950. Cause they didn't have, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You could like stub your toe and honestly die. In, in, you toe back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like now we're going to be, we're going to be fine. Oh, uh, that's so fucking funny, man. Um, are you, so now the, the, you have a boyfriend now that is not in show business. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a, uh, he has a restaurant here in Brooklyn. 
So he's like a normal, normal guy. Well, no. it's, uh, yeah, I always, you know, I feel like in this business, it's always good to have the, the balance of, of not going for the same thing and somebody who's actually stable and a little more sane. Right, right. You know, it, it's, it is, there is something interesting about dating somebody that's also in the entertainment industry where it's like, you guys kind of have that, like, you can understand like this, per- th- this person can understand you because they go through the same thing, but it's also really nice having two completely different separate worlds. I That's what is better. Yeah. My wife and I couldn't be more um, different, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, I'm kind of just, my wife is like, like by the, like, but that, but that's what gets things right. Right. Like, you know, like if it was up to me, we would be just, you know, like we would be all like, ah, oh, just fly by the seat of our pants. Not <laughs> my wife is like, you know, she's really like regimented, but that's a good balance. So when she's when she's all like, like we got to do this, we got to do that, and I'm like, oh, it's gonna be, let's just relax. Both of us need that. Right, right. It's good balance. It's a perfect balance. Like two comedians like living together and just, I, I just couldn't imagine. But like you said, even in show business, because the ultimate goal or like doing things that you like, the creative mind is really like, I'm a little, you know, I have a little bit depression, OCD, things like that, that mental, more mental OCD than like the physical stuff. Right. But, and she, I mean, we all have our shit. Everybody's got their shit. Of course. Yeah. But, but hers is more different. And I think that it's, it, it works out good. And then our kids are, uh, kind of well-balanced good kids thank god right of course yeah yeah i think that my um my son watches me and he's like what he would have thinks about what i do and would he want to do it and then and i'm just like no like no like (laughs) you're like go watch mommy (laughs) i went through shit in my life that kind of brought me here right (laughs) if that makes sense it's a weird (laughs) way and i'm like we don't ever want that to be you like he would have to really want it like, I mean, I drove to Harlem to the only white guy in the room for no money to do five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Threw me off stage. And, and it's like, I could never imagine, like, some of the shit that I did to get, to even get in this business, to ever think of my little boy. Right. That, fuck that. If he came to you and, and he was, like, 19, 20 years old, and he was like, listen, I want to try doing stand-up. Because he might want to because you do it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It might just be like a close, like it's close. It's in the house. You know, he know he probably thinks you have a really cool life. You have really cool friends. Yeah. And you get to travel and do all this fun stuff. It's, it's, it's a really tough question because if that day did come, wow, Carl, you got me thinking. If that came, if that day came, I would really have to think about like not telling him no, because like both of my parents supported me. Right, right. Like like what you were saying about your mom and dad, like my parents grew up watching it. Like my dad took me to Radio City when I was literally a little boy to see Rodney Dangerfield. My dad took me to to see Eddie Murphy Raw in the movies when my parents told him not to. I mean, when my um, mother and grandmother said, you can't take him to that. And he did, and it changed my life. So always Saturday Night Live would always be on, or Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show would be on. yeah. So, um, I'm sure how many times has your dad said like, Oh, Johnny Carson was the real one. Oh my God. That's He loves talking about Johnny Carson. Right. Because in that time it was like a whole different thing. I mean, Johnny Carson would sit with a whiskey and smoke and talk, you know, and yeah. Frank Sinatra was on there. Don Rickles was on there all the time. No, exactly. Yeah. So when I wanted to do it, regardless of my parents being divorced, regardless of all that, they were like, that's great. Oh, that's amazing. So, I would never want to tell my son no, but what I would do being in it, I would say how hard it is, what, yeah. what goes into it, like the amount, you know, like I dropped out of college to do this, but I knew I wasn't a good student. He's already a better student than me. Right. Um, he's already more focused on athletics and school than I was, where I was more of the distracted kid trying to get attention because my parents had a, a divorce and, and I was just acting up or I would do impressions of movies or whatever. And I wasn't, I was an athlete, but I didn't care about, I didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. I I needed something else. I needed to fulfill something, um, that I knew I had a talent for. 
Right. So I, if, listen, if I saw that in him, but either way I would support him, but I would really have to tell him like, look, man, this is, I stood on a fucking soda crate at a bar yeah. in Jersey, you know? So right. while TVs were on and people are eating and shit like that. And happened. nobody wants to listen to, com- nobody even knew there was a comedy show. That was like the, that's the best part about the very beginning. I look back and I'm like, what kept me going? Yeah. Like, cause yeah. I was doing shows in like, restaurants yeah and the people who were there they were just sitting at the restaurant they didn't know they didn't ask for this you You know know, you know what i think happened probably what happened with you is you were doing it so short and then you got on mtv yeah i think when when that happened and you were like oh like and then that fed the fuel like we all we all right right we all need something at a certain time and sometimes it comes later like for me, I was doing it. I was funny and I was doing well, but it's six years. And my first manager who used to manage like Jim Brewer and stuff, my first manager was like, oh man, you're funny. I see something. So that, that was like, yeah, see, like right. I knew I was funny and doing well, but now it was kind of justified. Right, right, right. And so, so you, you're doing comedy, not even a year. MTV picks you for this show. Now you start getting fans and you're like, and I love stand up. So like that's, fueled you right right you talked about earlier made you work harder yeah yeah it's true you know yeah i think that we uh we all have that push that goes oh shit maybe i can do this right right and before you get it that's what you're like thinking about that's what you're working for and then you get that and you're like okay cool now i want to do this thing you know it's it's like a continuous it's like a revolving door you just keep going around I remember like seeing people on, remember Best Week Ever, right? Oh my God, I loved Best Week Ever. And I remember seeing Best Week Ever and being like, if I could just get that credit. Yeah. (laughs) It was like a talking head for like a fucking minute. And you're going, dude, if I can get, like, is there an agent that could get me that? Right, right. I remember Best Week Ever and being like, wow, honestly, the coolest people, like this is the coolest job ever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you, and, and I, now I see though, and it is, I'm not going to say a sickness, but it is kind of crazy how we're always like, you know, oh shit, that movie, right? That movie yeah. that we did, I want to do another one. Right, right, right. right. I want to do another one or like that special, my special did really well. The next one's going to do better. But then what about the next one? And like, you're always, and it, it is, uh, but I think that that's a sign of like, successful people because if you get content then it's like yeah then then what then it's not fun anymore you have nothing to really be excited about anymore you know are you distracted a lot by are you do you get distracted a lot by your next moves or um what do you mean like do i worry do i worry a lot about them or do i not know which what i want i guess what i'm saying is do you do you lock in so much on what your next steps are that you just get like you other things get ignored until you get those done? Cause I find like myself is like, my wife will tell me when I get locked in, one of the best compliments my wife ever gave me ever was, uh, she said, tell my husband he can't do something. He's going to do it. So, but when that happens, I get locked. And when right. I get, when I get locked, I get distracted. And like, sometimes my wife will be like, you're just so focused on this right now because I want to get it done or I have to get it done where I'm trying to, but I will say the depression in 16 and now this quarantine and being with my kids and, and, and having my kids, cause something happens when you have a kid, when they say, dad, are you going to work tonight? And you go, yeah, and they get devastated. Oh, yeah. And then, and then you get the reverse of when you're like, I'm home. It's like, yeah. You know, so this has really let me realize that the shit we're doing means nothing. And I don't want to sound like that family guy, but that's really, like, I have friends now who have families and are married who literally are like, man, you had it right. Because it was, there was never uh, in my mind not going to do that. It was always, so I was going to try to find a way to make it in comedy and and, and as a comedian and build and put out hours and make a living doing stand up and doing, get you know, acting, but having a family with that was always part of it. Like it was, it was like, I'm going to live in a studio in the fucking village and I'm going to try to do it. And then maybe it was like, no, no, I'm having a family. Right. Right. And, and I'm glad that I did. I mean, it was, it was crazy, but like, that's now I realize that what we really want 
and this sounds really corny and cliche, it's all fucking bullshit. When, it, yeah. when you have a family or even, but not even just your own family, like your, you know, your mother, your father, your siblings, your nephew. Right. All of that, you know, when, when you're there with your family and, and your relationship and you're like, this is really fucking what matters. Right. And this is real happiness. This is happiness that right. isn't fleeting. Right. You know, this is genuine love, genuine, like laughter and you care about each other. And there's just something so special. I keep thinking like, cause I'm one of these people that I'm like, everything that happens has to have a silver lining. Right. Yeah. And I keep thinking like, what's the silver lining of the situation that we're all in now, this pandemic. And I think yeah. it's that we're going to appreciate the little things more. And I think we're going to appreciate the people in our lives more, you I know? I a hundred percent agree with that. I think that the little things like you were saying before, like going out and just going to the store that you want to go to without a mask on, or, you know, like I realized like my wife is just like works so hard still and is such a great mother. And now we could all be here with our kids right. and watch a movie and eat dinner together every night. And this is, ne- I mean, knock on wood, this is never going to happen again. Right. Where for months you can eat, go and just be with the people that you love and not worry about what fucking spot you're doing. Yeah, I know. It's so true. I was talking to Ricky about that the other day. Um, th- I was talking to Ricky and Julie and they have a little boy and I'm like, this is, must be so nice for you too. Cause it's just like, when is this ever going to happen again? That nobody has anything to do. You, you're, in, you're in the house yeah. with your baby, you know, like yeah. that never happens. Yeah. And, and you get to see the first months of your baby's life, the first year, whatever, however long this is, and really not miss, like you're going to be able to, you know, so I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I missed out on my first I got my, you know, my first theater date that I moved up to. I missed, well, it's June 27th. It got postponed, but that's fine. Because yeah. It'll be next year. And, uh, and I'm moving in, the, in that direction, but it, it was like, yeah, losing a little bit of money, but that money's going to come back. See, that's how I look at right. it. Oh, it, it definitely is. That's what I keep thinking too. Cause I had some stuff canceled and I was like really bummed out about it first. And then I was like, you know what, whatever, it's going to come back. It's not just going away forever. You know, once everything opens back up, but I will say too, your kids are going to remember this time forever 100%. because they're like, I keep thinking, I was, I was thinking about my nephew the other day. I'm like, this kid's living the childhood dream. You don't have to go to school. It's yeah. summer for months and months and months. Yeah. You can just kind of hang out, you know, they're doing like online school, whatever. But I was like, this kid's going to remember this for literally his whole life. I, I, I totally agree. I think, uh, they're, they're going to go back one day and go, man, when I was in, when I was in third yeah. grade, I was home during that, during that quarantine. Did anybody, did you come across anybody that got the virus? Um, a couple, yeah, a couple of my friends have gotten it and gotten past it. I don't know anybody who, thank God, uh, I don't know anybody who died from it personally, but um, my cousin got it, my aunt got it, and they're that was like last month. So they're over it now. And yeah. a couple of my friends got it too. Yeah. yeah. What my about wife, you? My wife and I had it. So. No, you did it. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened was, um, I'll say the same thing that I, I, I always say this, but, I, but, uh, I was telling on Schultz's podcast and on, on Jim and Sam. So as a matter of fact, my doctor was calling me back today for the antibody test. So what happened was, um, in, uh, so me and my wife did not test positive, but we were told we had it. We know we had it. We lost, I lost, um, so I had symptoms, thought it was a cold, mm-hmm. um, felt very weird and different. Then I felt good one day, bad the next. And then day six, I completely lost my smell and taste without being congested. Oh my God. Um, so like, I mean, when I tell you, like, I mean, could like, could breathe and no congestion and couldn't smell tequila. That's the weirdest, that has to be the weirdest feeling ever. It was, it was Twilight Zone shit. And I was, cause I was drinking wine with my wife and I'm going, does this taste weird? And she's like, no, long story short, cause I've said it before. I don't want to bore you with it either. I, uh, my wife five days later lost her smell and taste. Oh my God. So I uh, was doing a lot of research and they were like, yeah, usually between 10 and 14 days, you lose the smell and taste. Um, my taste and smell came back. Smell was 100% gone. Taste. I maybe 90% gone. I had like this, like, it was weird. I took a Dorito 
like a regular fucking Dorito. And all you felt when I put was just a texture. It oh, was, that's so weird. It's like, it's not even worth it. It was, it was What's the point? and good, good food. Like we were making good meals. This is like late March and I couldn't taste it. So it was like, what's the point? It, right. was like, it was just like a substance going down. And then five days later, I walk in the kitchen and I see my wife trying to smell a candle and I go, you fucking did you? And she goes, I can't smell anything. Oh. So mine came back nine days later. Hers came back about eight, eight and a half days later. Uh, talked to the doctor. I had a little bit of a cough, my wife zero. Um, and we had friends and people that we know that lost sense of smell and taste with no other symptoms and they did test positive. So the doctor said, um, when we lost our smell and taste, the doctors were saying, isolate. It's not even worth going. You have Right, it. right. Um, and I felt it. Like I was in bed with the chills and felt like I have a fever, but didn't. And then yeah. lost smell and taste. And then when my wife did, the doctor pretty much said, you have it. So now we're going, we want to go next week to get the antibody test. But, um, you know, now they're saying we don't know if we're, they don't know if we're immune. So it's, uh, it's, a right. whole, it's a whole thing. Now they're saying smoking helps. I mean, it's like. Smoking helps? Yeah, like, like they said, like <laughs> a huge percentage of smokers um, were less hospitalized because they, they think, yes, you could read about it. It's crazy. That's so wild. They say that people that are not smoking or never smokers are more hospitalized than people that are smoking. <laughs> they don't know if it's killing it. Like, and I'm just like, what? Then you're hearing like Fauci's like, don't wear a mask. You're like, oh, I'm not, what am right. I? Is, does anybody know anything or are we going to fucking die? No, nobody knows anything. Nobody knows anything. That's it. Every day it's something different. They're like, don't worry about the mask. And they're like, you need a mask. And then if you wear a mask, don't be selfish because the healthcare workers need the mask. How dare you wear the mask? But you need one. So it's like. Fauci said, so we're all going to die. No, Fauci said, right. Fauci said something that I really didn't like. It was the one time where I'm like, you know what? Fuck this guy. Okay. Um, he said. He goes, not fuck him, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, yeah, you know, the mask, it, well, you know, d might, it, might it stop a droplet? Maybe. And it's like, well, well, well then that, that droplet could, could kill you. So I know right. what he's saying. I know what he's saying is in the grand scheme of things, you're probably still going to get it, but it could stop it. But I don't like how they were like, oh, just save it for the frontline workers. But I just, it was something weird to me. Yeah. It, and then Cuomo is saying you have to wear a mask. If you go outside, you have to wear one. So it's like, yeah. okay, I guess we all need to make them yeah. now. But it's so weird how it's like every single day there's something different. And it's just, we're all desensitized to it now. We yeah. have, we, it's just like, oh, cool. The aliens are real. Yeah. Fucking whatever now. Yeah, Cause that's yeah. what the type of world that we're living in that nobody cared about them confirming that UFOs exist. <laughs> like yeah. the Pentagon saying that. And we're all just like, yeah, cool. Anyway, we're, we're running away from the killer wasps. So before, before, yeah, no, that was, yeah. Killer hornets. <laughs> uh, this is dead serious. I, 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 we could end with this, but when we're done, stay. Cause we're going to do the other thing. Okay. Uh, uh, I appreciate you coming on. I hope you're having a good time. This is a great episode. Of course, episode. of course. Um, so in 1973, my Sicilian father, who's over the top Italian, over the top. <laughs> I mean, no, Carly, I'm not. I mean, the the shirt opened with the chain. Wow. And the hair, yeah, the the, 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 the. With the horn, the Italian horn? Not the Italian horn, but the rings, the, the watches, the like, like, I mean, big chain. Right. Like, I love that. Watches, watch it, hates rap. Watches rap videos for jewelry. Like, <laughs> like it's wild. And uh, it's, it's, you know, so he, him, my mother, and my grandmother in Yonkers in 1973, and it was in the newspaper as well, and he did not believe in it before. They saw a UFO 1,000%. Wow. And, um, yeah, and it was, he said that you could throw something at it. It was quiet. He described it. And then um, in the blink of an eye, it turned into a dot in the sky. And my mother and grandmother confirmed it. And my dad said to this day, he wishes he never saw it. He says it's something that, and he never believed it. He said he thought it was always like, you know, hillbillies trying to get attention. Right, right. And he said, Paul, and, and knowing my dad, the way that I know my dad, and uh, he is, uh, you know, he may not be people's favorite. And he may say what he is on his mind, regardless of what people think. And he's a little brash. And, but my dad doesn't lie to me. 
And, right. uh, you know, he told us that from young and my mom, I said, mom, is that true? And she was like, we saw some, then I looked it up and it was reports all over, but there's definitely, yeah. Yeah, it's just weird that we're finding out now. Right. I, I believe it a hundred percent. I've always believed it too. That's definitely something too, that if my dad said it, I would believe him. Cause I'm like, why would this rant? Like, why would my dad just make that up? That's not something he would ever do. But and it's a hundred percent Sicilian go, there's a fucking flying saucer. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And they're so religious. You think that didn't ruin his entire like right. perception of life and the world. That's yeah. like, People who are religious, it's like that would mess, that messes up your mind, you yeah. know, because it's just like the world, the universe is so much bigger than we even can ever understand. Yeah. It's, and it's so arrogant of us to feel like there is nothing else. Right. Right. You know? It's like, just, yeah. That's just how people are. Like they think it's <laughs> it. Um, this was such a fun, great episode. It, it went by, I can't, it went by so fast. Um, where can people, you know, everybody that listens to the Versi Effect or, you know, where can they see you? What can they get at, like from your uh, social media and stuff? Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Carly Aquilino. And I'll probably, you know, like I keep saying, give me another couple weeks. I'll be on TikTok, you know, okay. with all the kids. Yes. Uh, Carly Aquilino. This is episode 447. Uh, so great and fun. Thank you so much for doing it. Thank uh, you. And I'll uh, talk to you soon and I can't wait to. Thanks. Oh, and check out Carly in uh, King of Staten Island. Yes. Thank you. Okay.